Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. We are a multi-site church based in the Bay Area and online. You can find more information by going to brave.church. Now, thanks for joining us. We hope this talk helps you find and follow Jesus. Hey, welcome to Brave Church from Dublin, San Ramon, or if you're joining us online, my name is Samuel Laws. I have the honor of serving as our lead pastor. And today we're continuing our new talk series, Not a Crowd, a Community. There are so many places where you can find community. You can find community through online gaming. You can find it at a CrossFit gym or your favorite coffee shop. You can even find it at work. But what if that's not enough? What if there is a community that you literally can't live your best life without? What if you need more than a run club, more than a wine club, and more than a country club? Community is God's plan A for our lives. In fact, did you know community was God's idea? He created it. God designed us to need a group of people that we're committed to. And that commitment goes way beyond showing up on a Sunday or watching online. Two weeks ago, we kicked off a new semester of Brave Groups. These groups are a place where we meet to discuss these talks, but they're also so much more than that. Brave groups are the heartbeat of our church, where friends become family. If you missed the last few weeks, I'd really encourage you especially to go back and watch week one, because in week one, we really laid a foundation for understanding the biblical community by looking at the early church. Uh, But for the next few weeks and for today, we're going to get a little more personal because as important as it is to catch the big picture, if we're honest, that's not where most of us get stuck. Most of us aren't against listening to a talk. You're, You're listening right now. I know many of you listening, you don't have a problem praying for someone who asks for prayer. And even if you aren't a Christian and you're not sure what you believe, you probably don't have a problem with doing one of Jesus's favorite things, eating and drinking. So why is community so hard? Have you ever had a bad experience with a friend? Like anybody, okay, maybe you confided in someone and they used it against you, or you made a mistake and instead of having your back, it was like you got stabbed in the back. Betrayal can leave quite a mark because it often doesn't just affect the relationship we're in. Without healing, it becomes something that we carry with us into new relationships. Sometimes trusting people can be hard for me. I grew up in a pastor's home. Um, If you're new around here, my dad is also one of the pastors on our team and he's on his first sabbatical in 42 years of ministry. And so we're really glad that he's getting this time to rest, reflect, recharge, get ready for the next 42 years. Just kidding more like 14, but hey, we'll take as many as we can get. Okay, I love you, dad. But growing up in a pastor's home, I had a unique vantage point, especially when it comes to betrayal. Uh, From elementary school to middle school, I distinctly remember three different families, two of which had kids my age. They were some of my best friends. They were families in the church, and then they left our church. And then they said some mean things, some really hurtful things, and some untrue things. And so now as an adult, I know that there were way more things going on than I was uh, mature enough or old enough to understand things going on in their marriages, things going on that they were running from. 
But as a kid, all I saw was my parents hurt and my own loss of friends. No one was meaning to betray me, but I felt betrayed and I felt my parents' pain. So seeing this dynamic as a kid made me a lot more skeptical of people as I got older. Uh, It gave me a sense that something could go wrong and people might just leave you in the dust and you might not even see it coming. The truth is, that does still happen. Community can get pretty messy, right? That's always a possibility in relationships. But, But what I learned the hard way through my own trust issues is this. The risk of a relationship is worth being disappointed every time. Does that mean that you should be foolish and give your heart away blindly? No, but without a risk, you'll end up isolated and alone. Um, The title of today's talk is Trust Issues. We're gonna talk about trust issues. Um, Here at Brave, we are not a crowd, we're a community. And one of the biggest enemies of community is trust issues. You can't have deep friendships without trust. Someone once said that trust is the pathway to love. So let me ask you something. What are you looking for in a friend? What kind of community do you want to be a part of? What kind of community would you dream to be a part of? I'm getting this sense that God wants me to say something that's meant directly for some of you listening right now. I feel like God wants me to say this. It's time to raise the bar in our relationships. Some of you need some new friends. Some of you need a new way to be friends. For a lot of people, it's a struggle to find what we truly need in a friend. At the end of the day, what all humans crave from every relationship, what we crave the most is very simple. We crave a safe and intimate connection. Even more than having things in common, even more than rooting for the same team, living in the same neighborhood or having the same hobbies, we crave relationships that go below the surface. And until we find this, we will never stop feeling alone. God created us for friendship, but not just any kind of friendship. So how do we know if we've found a friend that we can trust? Today, we're gonna look at three questions for building trust. These questions help us discern if a friendship can go deeper. Or inversely, we can also learn what we need to do if we wanna be the kind of friend that takes a friendship to the next level. Are you guys ready? Are you with me? All right, we're gonna look at three passages that also give us these three questions for building trust. And the first one is this, in Mark 14, right before Jesus would begin his final stages of his journey to the cross, he takes his disciples to a garden. And in verse 32, this is what it says. It says, they went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. So going a little farther, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Of his 12 disciples, we know that Jesus was closest with Peter, James, and John. 
Jesus knew exactly what he was about to go go through on their behalf, right? He knew the pain and the suffering that lie ahead, and he needed to be around a few friends that were close enough that he could speak without editing. Number one is, do I talk without editing? This is the first question we want to ask. Anytime we're in a conversation, we edit ourselves more or less depending on the level of trust because we don't know if we're going to be misunderstood or if we're going to accidentally offend someone or, or if it's okay to be vulnerable. But when there's grace in a relationship and you really know someone and you trust them, when you know their heart and, and where they're coming from, you can speak without editing because you know that they're going to assume the best about what you mean. They're going to assume the best about your intentions. You don't have to worry as much about negative consequences that you're going to be misheard or something's going to be taken out of context because there's trust. So Jesus' disciples, you know, they weren't perfect friends. In fact, several of them ended up betraying him, betraying his trust. But the point wasn't that Jesus found the best people ever, that he was just the best at picking friends. No, they were walking with him. They were following him around. They, they understood his situation and they had empathy. They cared about Jesus and they saw his life behind the scenes. See, Jesus was wrestling with the hardest part of his mission, going to the cross. He knew what was coming. And so he didn't need the friend that says, come on, Jesus, just, just, just man up, just, just own it. This is your purpose. This is why you're here. He also didn't need the legalistic friend that goes, well, you know, Jesus, you said it yourself that there's no greater love than to lay down your life for one's friend. Do you not want to do that, Jesus? Why, why are you struggling with this? No, no, Jesus felt overwhelmed by what he was about to do. He was overwhelmed by what was about to happen next, and he needed to express it with God through prayer. But he also needed a few close friends who could offer support. And Jesus trusted these guys. He trusted that they weren't gonna just take his statement and, and turn it into a soundbite, right? He trusted that when he was feeling all of these emotions that they would empathize with him, not try to teach him something, which is an important thing for us to discern if we wanna be a great friend to others. When someone brings a problem to you or they're sharing a hard thing that they're dealing with, it's important to ask yourself or, or even ask them if you're not sure, do you need encouragement? Or do you need care? And after you've asked these questions, only then do we jump to, hey, let me help solve the problem. Let me, let me give you some advice. Um, there was nothing Jesus' disciples could tell him that he didn't already know. He's Jesus. What he needed was a friend. He needed to be heard, to let it out. He needed people that he could trust. You can't have intimacy without trust. Um, one of the keys to being this kind of friend is a shared understanding that we've all fallen short. Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means that none of us are perfect. I've got issues, you've got issues, we've all got issues. Brave Church is a church for people with issues. No perfect people allowed. In fact, turn to the person that you're listening with and just say that, no perfect people allowed. No perfect people allowed. Often the problem isn't whether or not we know this, it's whether or not we're okay with others knowing this. Um, early on in ministry, when I first became a pastor, I operated under the assumption 
that I couldn't be a leader unless people thought that I was just at least a little bit better than they were. Um, I didn't say it that way, but that's essentially what was happening. I thought, how could God use me if the people that I'm trying to help know that I've got some of the same issues? Well, the problem with that way of thinking is I ended up always trying to present a version of who I was that was really better than who I really was. Now, fortunately, I worked through that hypocrisy. And even though it sneaks up now and then, I'm mostly free from that trap. Now, we can't have authentic relationships unless two people feel like they can be themselves. And so one of the biggest signs of this is if you can speak without editing, to just be you. So this is a sign when trust is growing in a friendship. Um, We're not gonna find this with everyone and that's okay. We're not supposed to. Not even Jesus did that, right? The Bible says Jesus did not entrust himself to the multitudes. So imagine having some people in your life, like Jesus did, where you can unload the things that you just need to get out. Jesus could speak without editing in his most vulnerable moment. We all need a community of people where we can do this. Maybe the idea of a community like this is is a little intimidating for you. Don't worry, it's not gonna happen overnight. Think of it like working out. Um, I know I use a lot of fitness examples, but hang with me, okay? I told my wife that she should start lifting weights with me. Some of you are like, where's he going with this? Was this a, did that go over well? <laughs> no, but here's the, here's the deal. She said that she didn't want to because she's afraid of looking like a bodybuilder and that's not her thing. Do you guys think that you just walk into a gym and lift some weights and you look like a bodybuilder overnight? <laughs> like, no, it doesn't work that way. So, so what I told her is I just said, hey, you just start with building some muscle and getting stronger. It's good for you. It's healthy. And, and then you get to decide how far you want to go with that. But it doesn't happen overnight. You don't have to be afraid of that. And that's kind of how vulnerability and community works. See, some people, they act like they're going to the Navy SEALs of friendship if they show up at a brave group. Chill out. You're scaring some people, okay? Trust is built over time. Maybe you feel so far right now from being able to trust a group of people because it's new faces, new relationships, new friendships. Listen, that's okay, but you can still take the first step. And before you know it, I bet you'll have at least one person. If there's one person in your life that you can speak freely around and feel safe with, that's a start. So number one, do I talk without editing? And the next question is this, number two, can I share my hopes and my hurts? Can I share my hopes and my hurts? Facing the cross, Jesus hoped that there was another way. Mark 14, in verse 36, he says, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Did you know sharing your hopes can actually feel more scary than sharing your hurts? If you share your hurt and someone doesn't care, you go, well, that wasn't nice, or what a jerk. (laughs) But when you share a dream that you deeply hope for and someone says, well, that's stupid, or or they laugh at you or they shoot it down, that can be even more painful than sharing your hurts. Psychologists have found that one of the most intimate things that people can do is share their dreams with each other. So what are you hoping for? Do your friends know? Are they able to join with you in in prayer for these things and to support you and encourage you? Some of our hopes aren't easy to share because 
they're connected to our fears. Like, I hope to be married someday, but I'm afraid I'll end up alone. Or, or I hope to have this career or do this thing, but what if raising a family means I never will? I hope God heals me, but I'm afraid to pray for it because what if he doesn't? Or I hope I find a purpose for my life, but I'm afraid that I'll just keep drifting. This is why you need a community that you can trust, that can walk through these things with you, that can dispel these, these fears that are, that are plaguing you, that are, that are holding you back, these lies of the enemy. Proverbs 18, 24, it says, a person of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A true friend is closer than blood because they're not just blood family, they're spiritual family. I wonder how many of you have a family member that you don't always feel comfortable sharing some of your hurts with, or, or maybe you don't even feel comfortable sharing your dreams with them. Maybe you think they'll minimize or, or laugh or, or they'll just kind of put them down. Maybe that's happened to you in the past and that hurts. Spiritual family is the people that God puts in your life to help you heal from your hurts and encourage you towards the dreams that God's placed in your heart and to affirm those things. I was talking to my, my wife last month and uh, she was telling me about this dream and a growing desire in her heart to become a pastor. Um, to be honest, my first thought was to be a little hurt and even a little bothered because I thought, why haven't you shared this with me sooner? <laughs> I'm your husband, right? Don't you trust me? But then I realized it wasn't about me. It was about her, how she felt about opening up. A fear of, of rejection or a fear of being told that you're not capable or you can't do that. There's nothing I've ever said that would cause her to feel that way. So, so it's one of two things, a hurt from the past or a lie from the enemy. We do not just wage war with flesh and blood. There are spiritual forces of darkness that want to diminish us, that want to downplay the God-given dreams over our lives. I'm really proud to say that Marcy is now Pastor Marcy. She's been pastoring people for years. She's, she's met all of our requirements here at Brave. She's not a pastor just because she's my wife. But most importantly, she's taken a risk. She's put it out there. She's shared the God dream that was in her heart. And I'm so proud of her for that. I wonder if you have a God dream that you're afraid to share or a hurt that you need to talk through so you can find healing, which brings us to our last question. Number three, will I confess my mistakes? Will I confess them? Um, when I lived in Southern California, I met this guy at the church that I was working at who used to be a pastor. I was only 21, so... I'd only been a pastor for like a year and I thought it was kind of interesting that he used to be a pastor. And so uh, he was probably in his late 40s, which seemed kind of young to me to already used to be a pastor. And then I heard that there was a, a situation, he resigned from his church that, that he was pastoring. And so I was curious about it. But I also felt drawn to him because he was warm, he, was, um, he had a lot of wisdom, and I just felt like I was supposed to get to know him. And so we would meet up for lunch regularly, and we would talk about life and ministry and all kinds of stuff. And he eventually told me the story about how he had had an affair. He told me about what it had done to his church, the pain that it had caused his family, and it was just really sad. And so at 21 and far from married, I didn't know how far, but 
like nine years away, uh, there was this, this sobering awareness that I never wanted this story to be my story. He didn't, he didn't seem like someone that this would happen to. And so it got me wondering. So I wanted to learn and I, and I wanted to know what had happened. And, and so the best lesson I learned from his experience was when I asked him where things went wrong. And he shared this verse with me. I'll never forget this moment. James 5, 16, it says, So then confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you will be healed. The prayer of a good person has a powerful effect. I said, what happened? He said, I stopped confessing my mistakes. When you confess to God, you're forgiven. But when you confess to one another, you find healing and freedom. We need more than God's forgiveness. We need healing. And when we confess and when we pray for one another, we find this beautiful freedom. So my question to you is this, do you have a friend that you can trust with your mistakes? Who are you vulnerable with? I wonder what having a safe place to share your mistakes would do for your life. Is there a load that you're carrying that you just need to let go of? Sometimes the scariest thing is just taking the first step. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He said, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. Listen, you're not the only one. If Jesus needed friends like this, how much more do we? I, I wanna leave you with a challenge this week. Ask yourself these questions, okay? Identify a friend and share something vulnerable. It could be a hurt that you're trying to heal from. It could be a dream that you just haven't been talking about. It could be an idea that you're not sure everybody's ready for, or it could be a mistake that you need to confess. Maybe you're not sure where to start. Maybe you can't think of one friend you trust enough to share your hurts and hopes with. In a few moments, we're gonna sing a song about running to God, our Father. And there's a line in, in this song, one of, one of the verses that says, my soul needs a friend. We have a friend who will never leave us. He is the greatest friend there is. And he wants to help us develop deep friendships with one another. We can run to him. He can handle any mistake that you need to open up about. You might be afraid of being judged. God actually wants to do the opposite. He wants to forgive you and lighten the load of guilt and shame that you're living under. Only God can forgive like this. My little brother, is developmentally disabled. And so we, we never leave him home alone. But one time when he was younger, I, I don't even remember it, but apparently he, he was left behind on accident. And you know, it takes him a while to put his shoes on because one of his legs is shorter than the other. He has cerebral palsy. And so to this day, he doesn't like to take his shoes off because he's afraid he's gonna be left behind. We never left him home alone again but the wound was deep enough that from the one time he was left to decades later, he's still reacting to that moment of broken trust. Some of us are still afraid to take off our shoes. If we're honest, we've got trust issues. Some of us have been hurt by a close friend that's made it hard for us to let people in. Maybe you needed grace and understanding 
and you got judgment and shame instead. Some of us were abused. Others are still living with the pain caused by an absent father or an absent mother. Maybe that's made it hard for you to believe that you're worthy of love. The wounds of our past won't leave us alone until we run to the Father. God loves to show us what he can do with our pain. He is waiting for us to run to him. And so here at Brave, we don't run from our problems and our pain. We share them with friends, but we also run to the Father. During this next song, I wanna encourage you to take a moment and to ask yourself, is there something that I need to bring to God? Don't stop there. Get with a friend this week, okay? We don't stop there, but we start there. We start by running to God. And so we're gonna sing this song, but we're also going to have our prayer team available. If you're joining us on campus, we would love to pray with you. If you're not, you can email us, but that's another way that, hey, maybe like I said, you don't have that friend that you feel totally comfortable that you can share anything with. Our prayer team is a thousand percent confidential. You can, you can email prayer at bravechurch.org and we will pray with you, or you can come forward after any gathering on campus and we would love to pray with you. So during this next song, let's take a moment between you and God to run to him, to run to him and to lay before him whatever is burdening you. Or maybe even have a moment of joy and, and just affirmation over some of the dreams and the hopes that God's given you. But if you feel comfortable, we would love to walk alongside you with those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for the Brave Church Podcast. If this ministry is impacting you, please consider giving to support what God is doing through our church. For questions or to get connected, please visit brave.church. We'll see you next week.